Welcome to Milkman Sports, delivered fresh daily with your hosts, Casey Avila and Derek DeRuder. Welcome to Milkman Sports, everyone. My name is Casey, and I'm here with Red and Garrett, and we are here to talk about the AFC West. Um, last time we recorded, it, actually, Red and I were not here. Garrett, you got to hang out with Cannon and Mike in the the podcast and got to review mine and Red's teams while we were in the middle of a live draft. How was that? <laughs> that was uh, one of the more fun podcasts that we've had, um, you know, just hanging out with the guys kind of BSing back and forth, talking trash, uh, you know, giving breakdowns of different draft strategies, kind of what we thought was happening, what might pop up. And uh, it was fun. Uh, there was definitely some surprise picks. There's definitely picks that we knew that were coming down the line and we just called back to back to back. Um, but, you know, it was Yeah, you guys did fun. speak some into existence. That was fun. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah right. overall, it was a fun, fun time. How did – you guys feel about your draft after well everyone has their opinions after draft and that's i have the best team ever i have the best team ever so i kind of took this to another level and put a post on our uh, social media page on who had the best team me or casey casey i got 75 percent of the votes baby Boo. there's only four that. There's only four votes. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <know>. <laughs> hey, we weren't counting the votes, so. Oh. Yeah. Well, we'll see where that, that looks tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to go uh, see if I can get the ballot stuffed here and, <laughs> and get some uh, get some help. Yeah. Whoa, there, Find a way around that. Chill. <laughs> All right. Well, um, we have some league news to actually go over before we jump into the AFC West. And, League news, you say? What happened today? Well, a little bit happened yesterday. With Brian Robinson is probably this is one of the crazier stories I've heard in a while. Brian Robinson got shot a couple of times. Looks like it was like in the leg. Um, he was like, I guess, like there was like teenagers trying to carjack him, and while he was in Washington D.C., and so we ended up getting shot a couple of times. So obviously, we want to make sure the guys, you know, healthy and all that stuff. You know, there's other stuff that comes before football and scenarios like this. So non-life-threatening injuries. Um, from a football perspective, sounds like he's in good spirits recovering, but there is a chance that he comes back to play at some point this year. That's a really vague timeline. So I would just say that consider him out indefinitely. I would say probably at least a few months while he's recovering from gunshot wounds, especially if it was to the leg it means it's going to be hard for him to work out. I would assume. So, um, I would say Brian Robinson goes from being an extremely good value. I know I just talked about this couple of days ago talking about how easily you could get him late and how he had that chance to be the starter over Antonio Gibson but unfortunately all that's going to have to be put on hold I would say at this point he's borderline undraftable until uh, we get a better idea of how long he's going to be out and I would expect that to be for at least a few weeks um I just have one comment to make right here and I, I pray for my boy Brian Robinson but please pour one out for your boy G here because I drafted him right before this happened. Oh, oh. I've got him. I got him in a rookie draft this year too. So um, I was kind of banking on him, you know, being like that sneaky guy I got like later in the later in the draft that could potentially be a fantasy starter for me. But um, yeah, man, it's just terrible news that he's gonna have to be recovering there for a bit. Just crazy coincidence too. Right before the season started, right as he'd taken the job from Antonio Gibson, apparently. So um, Washington is known for being ghetto. So, um, you know, they are in a rough area, uh, neighborhood over there. So it doesn't necessarily surprise me uh, that, you know, something crazy like that happened. So with this news, are we comfortable buying Gibson 52nd overall? Or are we still just leaving him alone? I think you have to. Um, I think McKissick's going to still get all that passing down work. So um, Gibson definitely's value stabilizes a little bit. Um I still think that's a bit rich for me. Low but, and running back too. Yeah, he's probably low and running back too, high in flex. Just haven't heard good things about him all training camp. Just doesn't doesn't look like he's going to be in for some lockdown lead back role. Um, all right, so let's shift on to the next thing, which is Jimmy Garoppolo signing a different deal with the 49ers to basically be with them for the rest of this year. 
Um, I think he gets six and a half million guaranteed, whereas all of his guarantees were run out before. So this lowers his cap number. They've kind of dressed it up to re dramatically reduce his cap number. Um, part of the contract is that he's also got a no trade clause. So um, if the team wants to trade him, he can shut that down. If the team does want to trade him and he gives the team the green light, then it could still happen. But he's also um, not allowed to get the franchise tag after this season. So let's envision a scenario maybe where Trey Lance gets hurt or doesn't play well to begin the season. Jimmy G comes in and plays outstanding football. The Niners are basically stuck um, either signing him to a big extension worth market value, which is going to be worth more than probably 40 million a year or something in the ballpark of that, or they got to let him walk. Um, does this raise any red flags for you, Garrett, in terms of, you know, man, they weren't even going to cut him. Uh, to really solidify Trey Lance in this spot. They decided to make him maybe the highest paid backup quarterback in the league. Um, is that an indication that maybe they're not feeling good about Trey Lance or is this just kind of the circumstances? This one's kind of hard to figure out for me. Uh, I can see it two ways and I think you broke it down. Um, you know, we can either say that Trey, they're not sold on Trey Lance, um, who we cannot deny his athleticism, uh, and he needs to work on his throwing a little bit accuracy wise, but the dude can flat out escape. Right. Um, so do they believe in him? Maybe. And maybe not. So that's why you have Garoppolo there um, as a backup, but maybe they also restructured this to help uh, facilitate a trade now a little bit better. Um, you know, it's like, hey, Jimmy, we got to this point and, you know, um, we don't, we're not going to cut you. We're also not going to pay for you. But we think the best thing is for you to kind of take a pay cut here and we'll get you shipped out of town. Do you think it's possible? Uh, Red, I want your thoughts. That seems <clears throat> seems most likely is just get them off the roster. I don't think anybody's really going to keep. Uh, backup quarterback like Garoppolo. I mean, and, I, and I'm sorry to say this, but he does he doesn't have the arm to win a Super Bowl. So the Niners invested three first round picks. It's just not going to look good keeping both guys on the roster. I I, I do firmly believe that this restructured contract is to make it easier to move on from them. Yeah, I think that um, at the end of the day, they were going to have to cut him, trade him. They weren't getting any good trade offers, I assume, because of the way his contract was set up. And it's so late. You know, the preseason's over. The regular season starts in, what, like 11 days, something like that. So um, for Jimmy to go, there's really no openings in the league where he's going to come in and be a starter or make some noise right away. So um, once the Browns decided maybe not to move in that direction after the Deshaun Watson, uh, Watson suspension, I'm sure they didn't want to trade him to the Seahawks to a division rival. So it really just kind of came down to Jimmy G had a lot of the leverage here. So um, he's like, I'm not going to, you either got to cut me or you got to redo my deal, give me some financial security, but give me some flexibility too. So I think that by doing this, instead of cutting him and seeing the cap savings, it sounds like they're sacrificing some of the cap savings to keep open the possibility that they could trade him maybe early or mid season. Uh, I assume that there's going to be some kind of starting quarterback in the first half of the year that goes down with the season ending injury. Of course, we don't want to see that happen, but that's just how the NFL works. So maybe it's week four and a team like the jets, you know, Zach Wilson gets out for the year and then Joe Flacco breaks his thumb and is out for eight weeks. You know, Hey, you know, if the jets are four and four competing for, you know, wild card spot, that might make some sense. I'm just using the Jets as a hypothetical. It could literally be any team. It could literally be the Rams. It could be the the Buccaneers. It could be the Commanders. But basically, this just kind of keeps Jimmy in San Francisco for a little longer to give him the possibility to be a starting quarterback for either them or a team he gets ready to in the near future. Um, let's finish up with some league news. Uh, Sony Michelle uh, was released by the Dolphins. Probably not like a super... Um, sleeper. I don't think we had the highest of expectations for him, but nonetheless, it is something that shakes up that backfield. Looks like maybe Salvin Ahmed or Miles Gaskin, uh, they might both be making the roster in addition to Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Um, Red, does this really move the needle on this backfield for you much? 
And I think it just makes <clears throat> those other guys that we were throwing darts at on the other podcast, it just makes that murky water a little bit more clear. I mean, yeah, Chase Edmonds seems a little bit more safe. Uh, Raheem Mostert seems a little bit more safe. He's still got some jets. Did you guys see him in the preseason game? He looked pretty he's quick still. Fast. Yeah. He's, yep, he's still got fast. some jets, but maybe he's just too quick for himself. He'll probably blow a, blow a hammy out or something. Like <laughs> he always does. But, I mean, that's that's yet to be seen for this year. So, he still looks good. So, I'm still not buying anybody, if you ask me. But it just, it just makes it more clear for everybody else. Yeah, I just – don't really see a whole lot changing here. Maybe a slight bump for Edmonds and uh, Mostert, but not much. Um, last piece of news before we move on is LaVisca Chenault was traded from the Jaguars to the Carolina Panthers for, I think it was like a sixth round pick next year and a seventh round the following year or something like that. So, uh, Garrett, Mustard. I would say, Garrett, does this, uh, does this change Chenault's value for you now that he's on a new team? Um, Not really. No, not for redraft purposes anyways um maybe in terms of dynasty it gives him um a little bit of life <laughs> a, a little bit of life now again but in terms of redraft um probably still off of the radar there yeah i think that there's a potential for him to carve out the number three role there but i'd say that he's not starting out in that position he's probably starting out as a number four or five guy and seeing how how he can work his way up Still got Terrace Marshall there too, uh, second round pick from a year ago. So, all right, well, right. Um, that's that's good for league news. Let's go ahead and get started on the AFC West, and we're going to start with our team that finished first in the division last year, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. They've been finishing at the top of this division for a couple of years now. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes. Hey, put it on the board. This is that was the last year. Someone else will finish number one uh, this year. If you say the Raiders, I'm leaving the podcast right now. Uh, Fine. He's gonna gonna say it. uh, It's gonna be the Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) So Patrick. (laughs) Patrick Mahomes still as talented as ever, but he's gonna be missing Tyree Kill this year. Um, A little bit of shakeup too with this receiver core because you got Juju Smith-Schuster who was brought in. Marquez Valdez-Scantling was brought in from Green Bay, drafted Sky Moore in round two. So we're going to see some de- very different wide receivers. Uh, G-Money, what, uh, which one of these receivers you like the most? You know, I've been out on Juju for a couple of years. Um, and I kind of like him bringing a little bit of life back into this offense here. Um, Patrick Mahomes and them developing their uh, – What's that word I'm looking for? Chemistry. <laughs> there you go. Developing yeah. their chemistry together. And uh, I think that he's – I think he's the receiver <laughs> to kind of have, honestly, more than Sky Moore or MVS or McColl – even McCole Hardman. Uh, like, I'm not – I've never been super high on McCole Hardman. Uh, I think he's just a one-pony kind of guy. One-trick one pony. pony. Yeah. Um, Marquez Valdez – Scantling, uh, we kind of seen what he can do in Green Bay. I think he'll be a fine complimentary receiver here. Um, but I think Juju's gonna <laughs> show us what he did a couple of years ago. I gotta agree, Gary. You do kind of make some sense. Like, I've been out on the Juju train like you for a while, but when you start bringing up other guys like MBS, Miko Hartman, they're essentially both guys that stretch the field, you know. Um, I haven't heard very good things out of MVS out of practice. I hear a lot of drop balls, things like that. So, um, not completely sold on MVS. And the guy that just makes most sense in this offense is Juju. And he's probably not going to give you those flashy receiver one numbers like he did when Antonio Brown was with the Steelers or anything like that. But I mean, you can probably get him wide receiver three and feel decent about it you know it, you're probably not going to feel good showing your friends like hey look i got juju but i mean if he's your wide receiver three or four on your roster i think you're going to be in a good situation i, I don't think anybody's going to be like saying i i drafted juju this year what do you think everyone's keeping it quiet until he blows up. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'll say this about the chiefs and it's probably just because they've had tyree kill and you know their their offense has been really vertical it's really been able to just work down the field this looks like they might be shifting to an offense obviously they're still going to be able to do that with Mahomes there but 
they, like the Chiefs have not had a traditional slot receiver for kind of a while, right? So I think Juju is someone that, for the way that the offense is shifting without Tyreek Hill, I think he's someone that can be a traditional slot receiver. He's still only 25, got plenty of time to bounce back and get a big-time contract. He's on a one-year deal with them too, so you know he's going to be motivated. I think that, yeah, I've been out on Juju for the last several years because Ben Roethlisberger was just deteriorating in front of us. <laughs> so it was just hard to hard to have faith in Juju when his like his A dot, his average depth of target, man, like was just one of the lowest in the league. He's like catching like a hundred passes a year for like eight hundred yards. Just you know, I know that's an exaggeration, but it just he just wasn't getting it done enough. So this is a very different QB situation. The offensive line strong. There's enough other offensive talent. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's still uh, one of the best players in the league, let alone tight ends. You know, he's probably the best tight end in the league. But there's enough here where they can really spread it out, and and all these receivers could could probably get some numbers. So I expect it to still be Travis Kelsey, who's going like late round one, early round two, according to his ADP, if I'm remembering right. Hardman, I wouldn't be uh, taking. And Sky Moore, he's a rookie, second round pick. I just don't expect him to come out the gates. But I think Juju is a solid, like, yeah, wide receiver three. Marcus Valdez-Scantling, if you can get him as like a wide receiver four or five, and he's going to have some blow-up weeks, I'm sure, too. So I'm pretty happy with this uh with the with the upside that some of these guys have, uh, Red, what do you think of this running back situation? Because Clyde Edwards-Helaire obviously hasn't got it done. Heard a lot of noise about Isaiah Pacheco. Heard a lot of noise that Ronald Jones may not even be making the roster. And then you still got Jarek McKinnon somehow uh, hanging around here. The two running backs for me to have is Clyde Edwards-Helaire and Jarek McKinnon. Um, I believe when we attempted to record this podcast last Friday. Uh, we had your brother on before we had technical difficulties and mm-hmm. obviously couldn't finish the episode. So here we are. Um, but Cannon made a good point is Clyde Edwards Alaire scored as like a top 12 running back in the games that he played, not all of them, but in a majority of the games. And, you know, as long as he's going to get some sort of opportunity in Kansas city, I'm still going to be buying it, buying in on him. I mean, a lot of guys were burned, but look at the people who were burned from Clyde. They were all investing first, second round picks in him. Now you're able to get them like a little bit cheaper. Like in our draft last night, I believe I got the, I have, I have the, I have it pulled up right now. I was eyeballing him right around when I was taking Brees Hall and AJ Dillon. So he went in the sixth round. He went to Matt for as his running back four. The draft capital is extremely cheap. Yes, for, there. for that and upside, for that price, I'm all on it. Yeah, so like he was someone I was eyeballing in the zero RB strategy. And, um, you know, I didn't, he got taken before I can get my hands on him. And honestly, I'd rather have Brees Hall between all of us here. But um, the point I'm trying to make is like Clyde has an opportunity. And, you know, I I did say this the other night was LaShawn McCoy wasn't really a thing his first couple of years in an Andy Reid offense. You know, it, it took him a couple of years to get going. Now Clyde's entering year three. That's usually when your players really enter their prime. So maybe, maybe Clyde puts up this low end running back two numbers, you know, you know, he's going to get the receptions. And if we're banking on Jarek McKinnon to be this workhorse back or whatever with Clyde, like that ain't going to happen. Ourselves. Yeah. Like I, I think Clyde has the clearest path. It wouldn't annoy, it wouldn't surprise me if Jarek McKinnon is like a thorn in our Clyde owners, you know, butts. but at the same time, I mean, Clyde has been banged up. Like last year, he was coming off an injury. Like he come off a certain, it was an ankle surgery last year. He was coming off into the preseason. So he didn't even start the season healthy. And then he got banged up again. I mean, like Clyde's kind kind of had this deal of like tough luck. But when he's played, he's performed. Now he's had a full offseason healthy. Everything's been going good. He hasn't been playing in the offseason, which you know they value him. As far as Isaiah Pacheco, uh -uh, uh-uh, I'm off him. Go watch the runs where he's running into the back of his offensive lineman. And Pat Mahomes is clearly like, dude, the hole is over here. And it's a gaping wide open hole. He has no vision. Talking about, yeah. Well, yeah, he has I no wanna, vision. I don't want to clown too much to the guy. He has no vision. But I'll say this. I think the hype has gotten out of hand for Isaiah Pacheco. I don't think that he's, uh, I don't think that he's going to be really a threat to this starting running back role. I don't think that uh, Jarek McKinnon, even if he stays healthy, he just kind of tends to wear out throughout the year. He's got a 
a chronic knee issue from back when he blew his knee out years ago in Minnesota. I'm just going to go ahead and say that, uh, or was it? No, did he blow it out with his 49ers? I might be forgetting, but regardless, yeah, I, I think that Edwards Hilaire, it's it's easy to shit on him because he's had a rough couple of years, but yeah, we forget that this was a first round pick from a couple of years ago. If you remember, Patrick Mahomes said he was extremely vocal about them wanting to take him at the end of the first round. So I'm sure that he still got his support like and you made a great point too red of like a lot of guys break out in their third year if he can stay healthy he doesn't have any serious competition ronald jones is in danger of being cut he was supposed to be the number two guy looks like he's not even going to make the team so edwards and might have a bigger role uh on this offense than we were anticipating yep all right well, i like i like clyde i love being some clyde here yeah i think that uh he's definitely got an opportunity like that uh Going into camp, it didn't look this way. But after getting through camp, it looks like he's got a better shot to to really own that on that uh, top of the depth chart. Yeah, now that the cuts are happening, I mean, a lot of these situations are really clearing up for us. Oh yeah, tomorrow is Tuesday, uh, August thirtieth. Tomorrow is like cut day, baby. Final cut day. You're seeing a lot of that happen today, but tomorrow you'll see it, and then you'll see practice squads get set over the next two or three days. By the time the weekend rolls around, you'll have pretty locked in rosters. You're not going to see just about any movement until after week one at that point. Let's shift on over to the Raiders who finished number two in the division last year, barely squeaked into the playoffs over the chargers. Um, we'll get to the chargers here in just a moment, but Raiders are an interesting team brought over Devonte Adams with the first and second round pick. Um, still got a lot of the other same guys here though, with Hunter Renfro, uh, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, core pieces, of the offense, obviously Derek Carr's the lead guy here. Nice to see Derek Carr and Devontae Adams reunited going back to their Fresno State days. We love Garrett, that. Yeah, me and Garrett went to Fresno State the same time that these guys did. We got to watch a lot of their home games. Went home half, halfway through the game most of the time because it'd be 50-0. to zero And we're like, let's go get drunk and celebrate. So <laughs> that was uh, – No denying that. That was just Wait, I times. plead the fifth, I mean. <laughs> um, so Derek Carr, though, this looks like this could be the – uh, one of the better seasons of his career now that he's got a true locked-in number one guy. Um, since you're a Raider fan, G, I want you to go second. Uh, Red, what are you thinking here with the Derek Carr, Devontae Adams? Well, if we remember the podcast where Garrett showed my Vikings some love, um, I got some love for the Raiders, man. I really like Derek Carr this year. I mean, if you guys had listened to our previous podcast, I consistently preached that Derek Carr and Kirk Cousins – they're like that quarterback 11, 12, 13, 14 area every year. And now they're Derek Carr got a new weapon. You know, Kirk Cousins got a new pass happy offense. I think both of these guys are going to jump into, you know, not going to be your top five, but I think they're going to have weeks where they finish in the top five. Um, just not consistently, but I, I really like the opportunity for Derek Carr this year, you know, and it's, it goes beyond just Devontae Adams and, that's the first thing people say is Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams. And yeah, they could run the football too. I mean, you still got uh, Darren Waller. You still got Hunter Renfro. I mean, I really, really like the options for Derek Carr this year. And he went in the 10th round of our draft yesterday. So if you went like zero quarterback, which what I usually preach to do, but I went against that last night, obviously. But I mean, if you're getting Derek Carr to that, that late, kudos to you, man. Yeah, I think he's got QB1 potential written all over him. Maybe the offensive line's got some question marks, so they got to figure some of that out. But in terms of the receiving options, so Devontae Adams, Renfro, Darren Waller. Waller was a little banged up last year, but when he's healthy, he's one of the best receiving tight ends in the league. And rumors are he's about to get a big, big extension. He just switched agents. I think uh, last time when we were talking, um, he had just left, I think, Clutch Sports as his agency, and now he's got Drew Rosenhaus representing him. So Drew Rosenhaus obviously has a very significant reputation with um, a lot of high-profile NFL clients getting big record-breaking deals. So Waller should be seeing that here soon. Lock him in. Obviously, Adams, he's such a talented receiver. Derek Carr and he have been talking about playing together for a long time. I'm sure that they're not going to squander this opportunity. I expect Devontae Adams to catch 100 passes, 1,500 yards, Double-digit touchdowns could very easily finish as the wide receiver one. Probably locked into a top three spot for sure. And you still have good old reliable Hunter Renfro, who's a PPR machine. Um, maybe 
loses some upside because of Adam's presence there. And if Waller comes back, um, he's going to be a red zone presence too. But this, this passing game looks good. Before we get to the run game, Garrett, I want you to speak now. I know you've been holding your tongue here waiting for Ooh, waiting for <laughs> <laughs> what you what you got Man. going on here? You know, it's hard to get super excited about the Raiders in any year that I've grown up in. Um, but this <laughs> but this year Go back it, to two thousand and two yeah. or something like that. Yeah, two thousand <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like the two thousands, but you know, Ever since then, it's been it's been a rough twenty years, uh, and this year, you know, it looks promising again on paper. But um, like you mentioned in the opening, seeing Carr and Adams back together, I think um, that that's going to be a good pairing. Um, we kind of saw what could happen with Jamar Chase and uh, Joey B last year, so. Um, I know that these guys haven't played together in eight years or whatever, but they still played catch every off season um, and we're still in contact, you know, so these guys still have that uh, it factor together. And then you bring in Hunter Renfro, who's a slot machine um, and is learning things from Devonte Adams. Uh, it's crazy to see where his game's going to go. And I just looked it up and Hunter Renfro finished as um uh, receiver one last year which kind of surprised me i didn't think that he did um you mean for the raiders and ppr are you talking about tight end, tight end one he finished as a tight end one hunter renfro oh hunter renfro hunter, okay i thought you were talking about waller my bad yeah yeah <laughs> he could finish as number one no i knew i knew renfro was year. i know renfro not, not the number one just a Oh, okay. One. I thought you said the number yeah. one. I was no. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, Hunter Ren Renfro <laughs> was Cooper a Cup? yes, yeah, yes. by he, far. He had a lot of by far. Last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think Renfro is one of the most slept guys on this year too. Like, I I, I don't believe that he's going to be this hundred catch guy, but I, I still believe he can do every bit of eighty percent of what he did last year. Oh yeah, I agree too. Uh, we'll see what happens with Waller. Um, he has been nursing hamstring kind of injury. Um, so when he comes back, like, and Derek Carr is a person that is um, going to spread the wealth around. He doesn't care who it is. And a lot of these guys are kind of the same um, with the way they are about it. Like, hey, throw it to the open guy, you know. So, um, but you're still going to see Devontae Adams get majority, Hunter Renfro, right? Those guys are getting majority of the reps or majority of the looks. Um Another so name to watch one before we go there. I'm kind of interested to see how much double tight end will go. Um, but Foster Moreau is a name to watch like in dynasty or something like that. If the Raiders do go to like a double tight end Patriots, a la Gronk and uh, Aaron Hernandez, but well, yeah, not to be mean to Waller, but he does have some games where he is banged up or, something like that. So Moreau could be if like a waiver wire pickup, especially if you're someone that didn't grab a tight end and like Waller's out for say three weeks. Hey man, that's a good pickup. Yeah. Glad you brought him up. Yeah. Um, the backfield. I, I would say, yeah, I think, I think that this backfield, I mean, it looks like on paper that it really belongs to Josh Jacobs. They, they cut Kenyon Drake. So they still have Zamir white fourth round pick from this year to Georgia. They brought in Brandon Bolden and Amir Abdullah, a couple of free agents that both have some special teams value. I expect those top four running backs to all make the roster and have some level of a role. It's just like how much of these bottom three guys over Jacob's going to really eat into his touches. I know he's not, you didn't get that fifth year exercise. And so that makes it kind of look like, you know, oh, they don't like him long term. I think it just has to do with the economics of paying a running back these days. I think that they also, you know, new head coach with Josh McDaniels, entirely new offensive coordinator. A lot of a lot of changes going on over here. They just don't know what they have in Josh Jacobs yet. So it was like you have to make this financial decision to lock up a running back, which is typically a financially devalued position when in terms of roster building. It's like you're gonna lock in a fifth year option at a, a very high rate for a guy that you haven't even really coached yet. I think that they just decided to make um, a tough decision. I don't think it has anything to do with how they feel about him. 
but I think that's why you can get Josh Jacobs at a discount right now too. So I still think that he can be a, a top running back that plays a lot on all three downs. Maybe he doesn't catch a ton of passes, but he still plays well as a pass protector that he's going to be out there on third downs enough between Bolden, white and Abdullah. I don't think any of these guys are really going to be worth having in redraft unless there's an injury to Jacobs. Um, I guess I, I just get the sense that the Raiders are going to air it out a little more this year. So Jacobs might be in line for, 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns, something like that, which is still a pretty serviceable RB2. Yeah, I got him down as a solid RB2 this year. Um, the backfield is kind of interesting. Um, like you said, the Raiders aren't sure what they have in Josh Jacobs. Um, the economics of paying running backs is just, it doesn't happen um, in the league. Um, they did not very often at least (laughs) yeah they drafted Zamir White who looked pretty decent in preseason games this year so you wonder if maybe they're kind of um, looking towards the future but that's not to discount Josh Jacobs who he is and what he can do and how he can perform he's still a great running back Um, you know he might get hit in the backfield but he's gonna get you three yards still Uh, right (laughs) (laughs) Um, as far as third down work, I think Amir Abdul is going to get a lot of that work. I think Brandon Bolden um, is going to see a lot more of like the special teams mentor role. Um, and if Josh Jacobs does get banged up, I think that they will throw Zamir White in there um, and run, run Amir Abdul out there probably a little bit more committee-wise. Let me ask you guys. Josh Jacobs went in the third round last night. Would you rather have him in the third round or Antonio Gibson, who who we just recently talked about, is being drafted in the fifth round? He went in the fifth round last night. I'm just Which out on Gibson. I just even okay. with Robinson's unfortunate mm-hmm. circumstance, I I think I'd still rather have Jacobs. Right. Yeah. I know we both kind of pissed on these running backs just a little bit, but just for our listeners, I just wanted to make it clear, like, hey, we both pissed on these guys, but. Which one did we like better, you know? <laughs> sure, sure. All right. So in this division is the Los Angeles Chargers. Just missed out on a playoff spot last year to the Raiders. Um, they got a little more continuity, you know, second-year head coach, bringing back a lot of the same offensive players here. Obviously, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler. They got Mike Williams signed to a nice new deal. Keenan Allen still getting paid. Um, they brought in Gerald Everett to play tight end, so I suppose maybe he's the new starter out of the offensive skill positions offensive line looks relatively strong but you know i mean maybe still could use a little bit of an upgrade they did use a first round pick on a on a right guard so um overall though i think that the the big question is how much of a step forward is justin herbert going to take here um let's start with you g since we made you wait on the raiders last time what's uh <laughs> what are we what are we seeing here from justin herbert are they they're going to air it out to these uh receivers here or are we see a step back um yeah i i'm not sure how much more we'll see out of him uh to be quite honest last year he threw for five thousand yards uh 38 touchdowns 15 interceptions i feel like that's kind of reaching his uh ceiling in the offense um or close to it um so i i don't think well let me say that I think that he's still going to ball out this year and probably going to put up similar numbers. Um, but I feel like that's kind of his ceiling there. Yeah, kind of. That's why I said, like, maybe we see a step back, even like at least from a statistical perspective, they might win more games, but it's going to be hard to top what he just did last season. I guess the only big thing that sticks out to me is those 15 interceptions can come down. Uh, and if those interceptions come down by even just like three or four, then that probably is the difference between them, you know, losing one or two games and winning more, you know, one or two more games. So um, that might all they need uh, might be all they need to to squeak into the playoffs with the roster that's generally, at least offensively, still the same. Defensively, they definitely brought in some guys, but that's another conversation. Red, uh, Mike Williams, does he take a big step forward this year? Does he take over Keenan Allen's number one role, or do we still kind of see a? <clears throat> 50-50 split here or maybe leaning towards Allen a little bit? Uh, it's going to be 50-50 split. They both had their games last year. Mike Williams started hot. I think Keenan Allen, 
he came on, did his Keenan Allen thing. So, and it ping pong back and forth throughout the year. So I think both of them gave you high end wide receiver two, low end wide receiver one numbers. It just, it just, one guy's going to have the big game and the other guy's going to have the, ah, cool. He got me 14 points, but it's not really helping me win my match, but it's not hurting me either. I think they just ping pong between games like that. You know, the difference between me and I'm taking Keenan Allen over Mike Williams is that Mike Williams had, he did have more boom games, but he had way more bust games too, right? So, you know, there's, if you're rostering him that week, he might get you two points or five points or three points where Keenan Allen's getting you like at least 10, 12 points. Yeah, you make a good boy, a good point. Keenan Allen's more consistent and, Mike Williams is kind of more boom bust, but yeah, Mike Williams is going to have a 50 point week or two or three of them, you know? Yeah. He will win you your week on a big week that he will do. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I think Keenan Allen is like the safer option, especially in PPR. Mm -hmm. Like if you just need like a locked in solid wide receiver too, that's just going to get you a healthy amount of points, you know, Keenan Allen, but then Mike Williams, even though he's probably not going to, he's not like really a volume receiver very often. He's big play. But that's kind of what swings the difference between you winning and losing sometimes because, like, it's either he's got a couple big plays throughout the game or he probably didn't do a whole lot. You don't really see a lot of these, like, seven catches for 70 yards and a touchdown from Mike Williams where you'll see that from Keenan Allen every week practically. Um, But, yeah, that's the thing is, like, hey, you you get Mike Williams, I think you can get him, what, as, like, a wide receiver, like, low two, high three, something like that. Yeah, he was drafted in the fourth round yesterday, late fourth. Yeah, if uh, your quarterback's going to throw for 5,000 yards and between Josh Palmer, Gerald Everett, some of these other receiving options, I think Austin is going to get some of that. But at the end of the day, 5,000 yards is a lot to divvy up. So um, if yeah. they're going to lean on these top two receivers like I expect them to, like they've been doing, I think both of these guys are wide receiver ones. Um, with that said, any interest in Joshua Palmer or Gerald Everett? It could even throw in Donald Parham as to that tight end conversation. Um, all the names have had flashes in camp, but I mean, after Will, uh, Williams and Keenan Allen, I guess you can make a case for Gerald Everett as the third, fourth option after Austin Eckler. And then after that, it kind of gets a little too dicey for me, especially for redraft league dynasty. We can have this conversation and talk for another half hour, right? But for redraft purposes. No. Yeah. Joshua Palmer and Jalen Guyton are off. For redraft I think they're off for redraft too. I think Everett's worth a late round dart, possibly. Um, yeah. I think Parham has been injured mostly through camp. Former XFL guy, big fan of his. I think think he's still got some dynasty upside, but in redraft, he'd be be probably just throwing a dart at Gerald Everett in one of the, my very last picks. Yep, seventeenth um, round, he got drafted last night. Yeah, like he's basically he's almost free, so you can get him. He could be a, a starting tight end there, and. And yeah, let's say 50 catches for 650 yards and six touchdowns. Like, that's not bad. It's so crazy because he's still pretty damn young and he's so athletic. So if he could actually put together a season of decent tight end, um, he might have something here. Yeah, he was kind of like when he, – he's a former Rams second-round pick, so I know quite a bit about him. When he came out, he was like um, – oh, man, I'm forgetting his name – The he was a tight end for Washington, Jordan Reed. He was kind of like a Jordan Reed kind of tight end. Um, the Rams just had Tyler Higby. That was kind of always blocking Everett. Everett goes to the Seahawks last year. Their new offensive coordinator last year came over from the Rams in the offseason. But then Russell Wilson got hurt, and that team just kind of fell apart. So it was a bit of a lost season for Everett. I think he was a little bit banged up himself. So this is kind of a make-or-break year for him as far as I'm concerned. If he doesn't do good in this offense, he's not going to ever really be fantasy relevant. Um, let's get to the running backs, though, because I think we obviously know Austin Eckler is locked into a top five uh, overall role catches the ball. He's even got times where he runs the ball 20, 20 carries the game, even though he's kind of a smaller guy. However, Isaiah Spiller is probably the best backup running back they've had here for a little while. They still got Josh Kelly. Not really. Is Isaiah thinking... Spiller uh, hurt though? Um, I don't recall right now. Uh, let's take a look. Isaiah Spiller, if he's injured. Um, I feel like he definitely missed a little bit of camp, but I don't they, think they have been talking a little bit about Joshua Kelly and how he has been seeing uh the run with the twos. 
Um, so the backfield is kind of a little bit muddied. Um, and then you have Larry Roundtree, the third also. Um, for all intents and purposes, like Larry Roundtree is not draftable. <laughs> yeah, so Spiller, just to clarify, as of a week ago, yes, he was dealing with an ankle injury, and they called him week to week. So that's kind of not good. I don't like seeing week to week. He could be ready by uh, week one. But at the end of the day, I kind of expect him to end up as the number two running back in this offense. I don't think he has a lot of standalone value. But as a handcuff, oh boy, like he could be, he could be really interesting because he's got the receiving chops. He's a very good receiving running back in college at Texas A&M, and he's six one two twenty five. Like that's like Adrian Peterson size practically. So he's a big dude. Um, didn't have like the greatest forty yard dash. I don't care. I think he's like a better. Like he's one of those guys who's got faster game speed than he did at a forty yard dash. But I'll say this: yeah, Spiller by himself, not a lot of value. If something happens to Austin Eckler. We got an RB two on our hands. I don't think he's really going to compete with Josh Kelly and like Larry Roundtree for for touches. I think you might see a committee there at least to begin. Um, but you're right, Spiller is pretty uh, gifted athlete and does have those uh, pass cap pass catching chops. Um, so I'd like to see him play a little bit more. We kind of know what Josh Kelly is and isn't at this point. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> let's let's run Spiller out there. Isn't. Yeah. All right. Well, that basically finishes up uh, our Chargers talk. So we can finish this podcast with the last team in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos, obviously going through a lot of changes. They might be going through more changes than any team in the league. They got a new owner. Okay, uh, Tupac. The... <laughs> <laughs> we got uh, one of the Waltons that owns Walmart who bought it. I'm forgetting which one it was, but uh they bought the Denver Broncos recently for. Uh, like it was almost... dickhead. <laughs> it's like almost like a five billion dollar sale, something like that. So, um, obviously, the Russell Wilson trade, one of the biggest trades in that we've seen in NFL history, as far as I'm concerned. You don't really see quarterbacks like that traded, but it did happen. I think he'd expressed that he was not interested in resigning with Seattle, and this was going to be the last year of his contract. So they just moved ahead um, a year ahead of time. But in addition to new ownership, new quarterback, you have a new head coach, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, obviously new coordinators, everything else here. A lot of changes going on. Um, Garrett, what do we think of Russell Wilson this year? He's got Corlin Sutton. He's got Jerry Judy. He's got KJ Hamler. They did trade away Noah Fant, but they've got Albert O. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name. <laughs> uh, but uh, this is not a not a bad receiving core to, to start out with. No, it's not at all. Um, I I really hate this division right now. It is the hardest division in the league. Um, and you're going to see three teams out of this division make the playoffs. Uh, I don't know which one's not going to make the playoffs, but it won't be the Raiders. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, man, I like Russell here. It's hard, it's hard not to like Russell, um, especially given him um, Cortland Sutton. Who's come off a couple of injuries, uh, but I really like him this year, uh, especially in the red zone. Russ, let Russell throw it up. Uh, Jerry Russ Judy, <laughs> really, they like. I think that's what's going to happen here, right? Like they tried to let Russ cook last year, and um, I don't know who put out the flames on that. The offensive but, line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, let Russ cook this year. Let him go. Go to work with these receivers. Um, Jerry Judy's another uh, high, highly drafted or highly touted draft pick out there. And then you got Alabama first round pick. He's one of those receivers. They just kind of always pump him out. And then you got KJ Hamler out there who is who isn't terrible. Uh, He's a burner, uh, over the top kind of guy. Albert O. And they drafted Greg Dulcich too, right? Um, Mm -hmm. So. Greg Dulcich has been kind of hurt. Uh, I wouldn't really be drafting him. I think a lot of people are kind of out on uh, Albert O because of them drafting Greg, but I really like Albert O this year still a lot. Um, I think he has the tight end one potential. Um, So throw him out there. Well, Greg Dulcich um, has missed basically all of camp from what I understand. So if he was going to put some heat on Alberto, 
then it kind of feels like he's not been on the field to do it. He's been dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, I don't know. I think maybe he just kind of recently came back. He might still be dealing with it a little bit, but um, for where you can get Russell Wilson, he's a relatively cheap, right? Red, like, can't you get him sixth, seventh, eighth round, something like that? Russell Wilson. But round, okay, I we'll think King, well. you know, King doesn't really believe in him. After that, in the sixth round, he took Tom Brady to back up the pick in case, you know, Russell Wilson flops. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think he kind of reached there. I think like his ADP, though, is more reflective of him going a little bit later. If you're going to wait yeah. on a quarterback, this is not a bad one to wait on. No, no, definitely not, especially with the weapons there. I guess well, we can kind of segue into the receivers, you know. Yeah, so. which one of these guys do you like? Sutton. I like Sutton. I think me and Red and... both like Sutton. Yeah, yeah, we both like Sutton. Um, it's hard It's hard the to, plays to like Jerry Judy, though. No, there's nothing wrong with Judy. There's nothing wrong at all, but I think Sutton, he profiles as that alpha wide receiver. He's the big frame guy. He's the guy that he's going to look to in the end zone. When the play's breaking down in camp, there's been multiple reports that Russell Wilson looks for Cortland Sutton when the play breaks down. I mean, I believe in Jerry Judy. These guys are going back-to-back in uh, major- like mock drafts. Um, they were both fourth-round picks, drafted two picks apart last night. I don't think there's a wrong answer. It's just a matter of if you play in a full PPR league, maybe Jerry Judy's your guy. If you play in a half PPR league and, you know, players are more touchdown dependent, I think Cortland Sutton's your guy. It's just, you know, there's no wrong answer. It's just, what do you like? Strawberries or bananas? They both both taste good. You know, both. I I was going to compare these two. um, I was going to go back to Seattle and say, like, Metcalf and Lockett, but I don't think I like that. I think that um, I don't want to like. Let's. We, I got to prompt the brakes a little bit on this comparison. It's just one that I'm thinking of, though. Which is we just had this conversation, but I kind of feel like it's going to be a Keenan Allen, Mike Williams kind of situation, where I think that Jerry Judy is more of your Keenan Allen, probably consistent. He's going to play in the slot a little bit more. Um, PPR, like he'll he'll put up more consistent numbers. Mm-hmm. But Cortland Sutton is the big play guy. Um, like Mike Williams, probably. Like I don't know. I, it's hard to say he's got more or less consistency. He's just played with bad quarterbacks. He's been a little injured himself. Um, but I think that this could resemble that. And honestly, I think KJ Hamler is one of my favorite late-round darts because I think that we are going to see plenty of three-receiver sets here. I think that you know this let Russ cook thing, he's not going to come to Denver and say, okay, well, let's run the ball you know, 55% of the time. And we're going to get to that because they're obviously going to run the ball still with their running backs. But I think that they're going to let Russ cook and we could even see KJ Hamler have some flex appeal. Uh, And if something happens to one of these top two receivers, it's kind of like that Tyler Boyd situation where he becomes an instant wide receiver two starter. Man, Tim Patrick, I wish he didn't get hurt, man. He'd be the perfect person to be talking about right now for that third spot. Yeah, he would have been like a strong flex player this year. Probably had some, you know, red zone opportunities that KJ Hamler may not get based off of their styles. But um, yeah, Tim Patrick would have been a late round dart throw because of his injury. It kind of bumps KJ Hamler into this. And KJ Hamler's a second round pick from just a couple of years ago. He is coming off of an ACL, but he's fully healthy now, as far as I understand. So he's locked into a top three role here. Um, and then Albert O, we've kind of loosely referenced him. Um, Red, do you, do you see a starting tight end? See, he's just kind of in that class of just we don't know tight ends. Uh, he's kind of in that class of we don't know, but there's upside because of his quarterback. But mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to play that game when you're third or fourth on the pecking order. So, yeah, um, you're getting him in the 12th round. He's worth a flyer. Um, King Nilo actually got him as his second tight end. And I, I like that for him. I didn't draft a – I just realized I didn't draft a second tight end last night. And honestly, if I got Albert O as my tight end two, you know, my backup, my bye week filler, I'm feeling pretty decent about it. Yeah. How do you feel about these running backs? Because I feel like you've been a big Javante Williams guy, but you're also a realist and Melva Gordon's still lurking there in the background. What do you think? It's a lot of I've been a big – uh, yeah, I've been a big Javante guy. Um, I, I, I've, I preach that it's going to be a 50-50 timeshare, but there's been reports coming out that, and even Melvin Gordon's come out and said this, like, 
they want Javante to be the guy there. So if that's the case, you're getting a pretty good value of a running back in the second round. He went at the two eight last night. So, I mean, if, if he's going to get majority of the carries, I think it's worth it, but I don't think Melvin Gordon's left, left for dead. I think he's going to be, maybe last year was 50, 50, maybe this year it's 60, 40. You know, I think Melvin Gordon's got some fantasy upside still. Um, probably just flex play. You're not going to feel super sexy about it, but it's going to work. And you're going to be like, okay, like he didn't kill me. He didn't kill my lineup. He got me 10 fantasy points this week. All right. We're feeling all right about that. But um, I don't think Javante is going to be this three horse back or anything like that. They want to win football games. They want to, they're obviously trying to go in a deep playoff run. That's hence why they acquired Russ Wilson. You want to keep your players healthy. You're going to have a committee of some, some sort. I've even heard of Boone having a decent deal over there or a decent camp. He was having a good camp last year. Then he got banged up. Uh, G money. Yep. You feeling the same about these ready backs? You like, you like Javante Williams to, you know, um, I liked Javante Williams when Gordon wasn't with the Broncos for like a couple of weeks or whatever it was. <laughs> oh man, dude. And he was dynasty gold yeah. at that point. But then, Gordon came back, and now it just caps upside. So we really don't know what we're going to get week in and week out. So it's so hard to project what's there. Um, man, I I just don't know. I'm not out on Gordon. Gordon, I think Gordon still has plenty of running chops. Um, and do they want Williams to be the guy? Probably at the end of the day. That's what I would want, right? The young guy that we just drafted. But I don't, I don't know that we'll see it this year. Maybe – We'll see a little bit more leaning, like you guys said, 60-40 something. Uh, we're not fully there yet, though. I'll say this. Um, I think Cannon made a comment about this the other day. I think Javante Williams has league-winning upside. If for some reason Gordon gets hurt or is ineffective even a little bit, boom, Javante Williams can become a top-five weekly play every week and like justify that, too. I just say on well, paper, based off of camp reports, it just doesn't look like that's going to happen. So he's just going to be like this really enticing player that like has more upside than what he'll probably do this year because it benefits the team to just keep both running backs fresh and going all year long. Uh, maybe Melvin Gordon's gone next year and Javonta Williams gets to keep that backfield mostly to himself, but I don't think this is going to be his breakout year, unfortunately. I do like the price he was drafted at last night, though. I just counted the running backs. He was the 13th running back off the board last night, so that's not entirely horrible. Man, I just have a hard time believing. Like, I think he's gonna. I think it's gonna be a little more 50-50 split than people would like to see, me included. Um, I think the efficiency is going to be better because they actually have a football or a quarterback that can throw the football. That's going to kind of put a chill down defense's spine. So, you know, maybe it opens up the running lanes for him a little bit. I'll say this. I think he definitely does have that league winning upside if he gets the job to himself. I think that there's bottom out potential though here too. Like if let's say the first month of the season and Melvin Gordon is just consistently flashing better than him. And then Melvin Gordon becomes the one A, Javante Williams becomes the one B. And now he's like a mid flex versus, you know, like a mid to high RB two. Um, I guess it's not totally bottoming out, but just, I don't know. I think that, uh, Getting him in like what the second or third round feels a little too rich for me this season. Yep. I agree. Um, that's pretty much gonna wrap it up for this team. Um do we there's something I want to go over real quick before we wrap this up, but um is there any sleepers or anything from this division? Um, we obviously gotta name one. We've been doing it for every division, so kind of keep up with the tradition. Um, I will say that if you're gonna take a late round stab at someone like that could end up being like a, a significant boost to you at some point during the fantasy season. I think it's KJ Hamler. He's basically free as far as I understand. That's a good one. And, and I think that he could end up being like, yeah, like a, like a weekly high end flex with potential to just pop every now and then, you know, five catches for 120 yards and a touchdown. This one's going to be kind of boring, but I consistently see Cortland Sutton get disrespected in other people's fantasy league. Uh, walking around Buffalo Wild Wings, I've seen a lot of people's draft boards. And, man, Cortland Sutton going to be the wide receiver one for Russell Wilson. And, 
you know, seeing him go in the fourth, fifth round, I think he's someone who can outperform that ADP and maybe jump to the second or third round next year when we're drafting at this time. Yeah. I am going to go with Juju. I'm going to ride the train that I rode in on. and We'll ride it out. I think you did Juju sell has, me a ticket on that. I will give you that. I think Juju has so much upside this year. Um, he's shown that he can do it. And um, I think that his ADP is in a place where he can outperform it like with ease. So um, if Juju's out there, I w- I'm taking a stab at him. That's right a good on. one. Yeah, I like that one. I think Juju's going to have a nice, nice season this year. Yep. So before we wrap up this episode, um, I did make some trips around to a lot of people's draft tables last night at Buffalo Wild Wings. The environment was cool there. It's been a while since I've been to like a Buffalo Wild Wings draft, and I didn't even think about like other people would be there that love football. So I'm sitting there kicking back, you know, enjoying a couple beers, you know, enjoying draft this and that. And there was a group behind us that played fantasy football and conversation started with hey you guys use the sleeper app and i'm like yeah yeah i do and you know told him about our podcast this and that and he actually asked me if we would audit his team for him real quick you think we can throw three minutes in real quick yeah i'm good with that Heck all right yeah. what do we got so this is your typical uh two wide receiver two running back one quarterback tight end and one flex so he absolutely murdered this draft so his his two quarterbacks for the year is Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Okay, definitely pretty, like that. Yeah, that's that's rock solid, right? That's his I mean, running yeah, his running backs are better. Dalvin Cook and this this ten man league. So mm-hmm. uh, he has Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Ramadre Stevenson, Cam Akers. And that is it. Jesus, what the? How did he get all of those? What's this guy's name? <laughs> His name is Jordan Silva or Jordan Smith, excuse me. Um, I had a friend in Jordan Silva in high school. His name's Jordan Smith. He's in the military. He's a St. Louis Cardinals fan. I mean, I was wearing my Cardinals hat last night, and he had an all black one, so I didn't even notice. He goes, "Dude, you're a Cardinals fan." I was like, "Yeah, you." <sighs> and I looked at the hat. I was like, "Oh, well, duh." So like, super people. His buddy Matt was there, like. They just recently had their draft. They had like five or six guys there. Really awesome, nice people. So anyways, um, I told them I'd audit this team for them, you know, and uh, let's wrap it up with his receivers real quick. Yeah. Uh, His receivers are DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Juju, Brandon Ayuk, who I think is going to have a breakout year. Lots of good reports about him in camp. Yep, and Romeo Dubs and Sky Moore, which I'm not really too high on both of those guys, but, I mean, they're essentially on the bottom of your team. Right now. Yeah, you could probably... a lot of good things about Romeo Dubs, though. Yeah, the late round reports. Late round uh, darts, you know. Yeah, I, I tied in as Gerald Everett, too, sorry. Okay. Playoff contender, yeah. guys? Oh, I think yeah, it's playoff dude. team, big time. J- Jordan, a couple things, uh, man. First off, Thank you for your service. But second off, dude, yeah, your quarterbacks, your running backs, those receivers, like those running backs. I don't know how you got Cam Akers is like your fourth or fifth running back. You got Stevenson back there too. Fournette's like your third guy. Yeah, man. I don't know if uh, your league mates are just stupid or you just got real <laughs> lucky, but uh, I like what you're doing here, man. Yeah, he yeah. absolutely slayed it, man. He's yeah. I'd definitely be interested in you know seeing what some of the other teams look like, but gosh, dang, this uh, it's hard not to be excited about something that yeah. looks like that. With yeah. a team like that, he's going to enjoy football this year. Yeah, right on, guys. I agree. Right on, fellas. All right, well, we got one division left. That's the NFC West. We'll be back to do this probably sometime tomorrow, is my guess, assuming everything works out scheduling wise. Um, thanks for hanging out with us so far. If you've been listening to all these episodes, we've had seven division episodes, just did one the other day with some other guest hosts, including UG, uh, about the live draft. So if you haven't checked those out, go back and look at them. The season's going to be starting here soon. We're definitely going to be pumping out content, if not daily, close to daily through the podcast, through our Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. So check us out on there. If you have any questions, if there's anything we can do to help you 
win this uh when you win your league this season um drink your milk or your beer garrett i know you're hey hey, hey. Uh, <laughs> been drinking beer this whole time so <laughs> uh, drink your milk drink your beer we'll see you guys next time all Take right care, guys. peace